Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Office of Special Investigations, the Air Force's federal law enforcement agency. I'm Hannah, his daughter, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I have always been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello, welcome back, archivists, to True Crime Archives. Welcome back. How is everyone? How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I don't really know how to like just jump into it anymore. It's it's. I feel like we keep doing different ones. No, so it's just been keep. Easy. Go, you you always say the same thing. You always say, "I'm just gonna jump right into it." But that's what you do anyway. So just do People it. People like consistency. Yeah, so just do it. They they're ready for you. And now the. <laughs> Now our listeners are like, okay, what are you doing? Let's get to it. Okay, so today we are going to be in Maine, back up in New England, yep. in the cold place. We are talking about Janet Brochu, Brochu today, and our story takes place in 1987. She is from Waterville, Maine. Now, I was a little confused. I meant to get out the map and look at it, but I didn't. They so like we're going to be in Waterville, Maine, but then it also talks about it talks about a couple other places, but it still like says that it's in Waterville. So when I get to there, I'll have you help me pronounce them. But we're we're in Maine today. Skahegan. Augusta. Oh, Farmington. There you go. That's how you pronounce it. The first one. Yes. That's not how I was pronouncing it in my head earlier. It's north of Waterville. Uh, Fairfield. Waterville is a small place. Yeah. And then Pittsfield. And then uh, Augusta. I don't think Augusta was brought up, but Pittsfield was brought up. This is uh, sort of west of Bangor off of I-95. Yeah. That was the name of the newspaper that covered this. Yeah. Actually. The Bangor Web's newspaper. Actually, Waterville is right on I-95. So I-95 is... Goes from Maine all the way to Florida, and we live in the I ninety five corridor around here. Do you remember when I was in choir in eighth grade and we sang a song called I ninety five, and the lyrics were literally I ninety five goes north from Maine to Florida, yeah. north and south from Maine to Florida. <laughs> so I used to drive this year when I was first in the Air Force in nineteen eighty four, which we were in nineteen eighty seven, three, yeah, three years, years prior. This, yep. I used to take I ninety five all the way up, and it ends in Holton. Right, Holton is on the border of uh, Canada. Right, well, it's on this side, so it stops, and then you can drive into Canada, or you can t- make a left and take a, a Route one all the way up to northern Maine to you know where Loring Air Force Base was, like mm-hmm. right on the border of Canada. Wait, so you left Massachusetts when you were 17, 18? 18. 18? Mm-hmm. So what was the drinking age? Because we're going to talk about drinking in a second, the drinking age. I'm just curious, when you lived in Massachusetts, what the drinking age was. So it was 21. R- right. So when? It was, it, it, well, it, I guess in no, 84. No, it became after the Vietnam War. Um, it, went, it went back up. In and, 1985, and Maine was still 20 years old. They changed okay, it there was to a couple, 21 right. in 1985 that, in Maine. Th- so you're right. Not a, it wasn't universal yet, but it was back up there. So some states, Texas was nineteen, and Maine was twenty. There's a couple of states that were nineteen and twenty, oh. but it was twenty-one for the most part. However, when I went to the Air Force in nineteen eighty-four, drinking age on base was eighteen. Oh, they had a different drinking age yep. on base. Yeah, they sure did. I could drink uh, on base. Oh. And then actually, so you're right. It was eighty-five. Yeah. That's that's correct. So night. That's I'm what sorry. Maine let, let me back was up. 85. It, yes. 
Actually, no, I'm wrong. Are you lying? You used to drink yeah. when you weren't no, supposed no, no, to? No, 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 no. I could drink <laughs> in the Air Force. Uh, I'm wrong. I said after the Vietnam War. After the Vietnam War, they they brought it back down. That's correct. So after the Vietnam War, they brought it back down to 18. But in 1985, it became universal. Yeah. That's what happened in 1985. Because I remember that. I was there. Yeah. So, but we, so we could drink on base. However, when it became universal... Then the military said, okay, we're going to 21. We're raising up to 21. So I was in the Air Force when I could drink under the age of 21, and then literally just overnight I couldn't drink anymore. However, however, in Maine, we were on the border of Canada, and Canada was 19. (laughs) So we used to go up to Canada. So then they said, okay, the base will go accordingly if you're you're, – close to an international border or maybe another, maybe another state. I, I don't remember. But so they pulled, they bumped it back down on base to 19. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's so cool. I went from, I could drink 18. I couldn't drink to 21. Then I went back down to 19. Kind of like just the like cigarettes that. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when they changed okay. that. That's interesting. That yeah, was a okay. diatribe. Sorry. That's okay. I, I was curious. It's yeah. interesting. The listeners want to know too mm-hmm. about, that had to do with your Air Force career. So yeah. anyway, so if you haven't guessed, we are going to be talking, about a couple bars today on december 23rd 1987 about 34 years ago this is christmas eve eve (laughs) janet brochu is out with some of her friends just a regular night and they are out drinking and they go bowling at the waterville bowling alley where they end up meeting these two men who join the group for the night they're just like hanging out with them drinking having fun at the bowling alley And then they decide that they are going to go to another bar. They end up at T. Woody's Restaurant and Bar, located on the Waterville Concourse. It's no longer there. It's no longer open. It's no longer Mm -hmm. an existing bar. I was trying to look it up on the map. Where was it at? In Waterville? Yeah, it says it was located on the Waterville Concourse. Not sure what... I tried to, again, look it up. The Kennebec River is a famous river. It goes right through Waterville. So it looks like they have like a downtown, you know, it's yeah. one of those water town, you know, where they have probably stuff right There's on the an water. Airport literally right there too. There's a river walk. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but T Woody's is not there anymore. Okay. Janet, and this is what we were just talking about—the age. Janet, at this time, December twenty third, nineteen eighty seven, is only twenty years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we said two years earlier, Maine had raised the drinking age. So when they get to T. Woody's, they're actually refused. She's refused service. She's asked to leave the Mm -hmm. bar, which was interesting because I'm like, so did the bowling alley not card her or ID her? Because they said they were drinking and bowling or I wonder if they just brought their own. Uh, I wonder. So she probably was able in the same similar circumstance. She was able to drink then she wasn't able to drink. The same night, though. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. The bar asks her to leave because she's only 20 and not 21. One of the men who had joined them at the bar early or the bowling alley earlier goes outside with her. And just a few minutes later, he goes back into the bar because Janet had left her purse. He tells her friends that he is going to give her a ride home. And this will be the last time Janet is seen alive with this man in the parking lot. 45 minutes later, her friends leave the bar. By the time they get outside, Janet's not there. It's been 45 minutes. So they're assuming she made it home. And so they all go home. So they, were under the impression that she was leaving, going home, and someone was going to give her a ride. Yep. And they know who this guy is, right? He. It was just some guy they had met okay. at the bowling alley earlier. All right. Suspect number one. I'll put him over here in this column, <laughs> right? Suspect number one. Mm-hmm. So December 24th, 
When Janet does not return home the night before, her parents, Albert Bruchu and Geraldine Bruchu, report her missing. So, obviously, who is the first person they're going to go talk to? The, uh, the like, guy. after they talk to their friends and stuff. Yeah, the guy, in the, you know, from the bar. Yep. So, they question him, and he tells them that when he came back to his vehicle after going inside to get her purse, she was getting sick. Uh, so, he told her he couldn't give her a ride anymore. I guess he didn't want to get his car messy. I put big eye roll in my notes because mm-hmm. kind of hope he feels bad. Now, that's kind of it. That's like the only lead that they really have. What else do you think that they would do or should do? So they need to they need to verify his story, right? So he goes he says he goes back in the bar because she forgot her purse, right? Mm, grabs grabs a purse, comes out, gives her her purse, she's thrown up, and he says, No way, I'm out of here. He drives off, or does she he, where does she go? He drives off, yeah. Okay, so video well, video in the bar. Missing, so we don't know where she went. Video in the bar, you know, can will cooperate. Nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, yeah, video, old VHS, but video, <laughs> and then it could cooperate showing him going back in, grabbing the purse. That that's something specific that they could line that story up with. So video at the bar, and then what about the purse? If he grabbed the purse, potentially. Uh, the, there's fingerprints on there. Again, just kind of corroborates his story. Well, he gave the purse to her, right, and now she's just, missing, so we don't have the purse. But uh, okay, yeah, she's oh she's missing. Yeah, at I this just, point, oh I we didn't. I'm parents. jumping ahead. I'm assuming we're gonna find her dead somewhere. But yes, uh, okay. But right now she's missing. All right, so just miss. So yeah, the video. Did he give him a time frame? I believe so because they have like like I said we have the information that it was like 45 minutes later. A couple minutes after walking yeah, out, yeah, and they gotta yeah. they gotta try to identify it. And it was uh, it was midnight. I'm sorry, it was midnight when they got to T Woody's, so it mm. was around that time that she this was happening. So there wasn't a lot of people there, so they have to rally up all those witnesses and start piecing together. You know, who was she around? Who was she talking to? Was anybody, you know, aggravating her? How about this guy, suspect number one? What's his name? Do we know yet? No. Okay. He's yeah. All right. Well, They're gonna you know, end up, I guess, corroborating what he said because he's not okay. ever mentioned. His name doesn't come up. Okay, so that's yeah. what they need to do. They need because she's missing person. So they get they have to start mm-hmm. rounding up. You know, talking to a friend, round rounding up everybody at the bar that might have seen her bartender, mm-hmm. who was probably the only one not drunk. Well, and she was kicked out immediately too. Don't mm. forget. Like, so they'll they remember got, that, yeah. right? So yeah. they'll remember that specifically. Yeah. So they'll be able to corroborate that. You know, they also have to backtrack. Prior to that bar, where was she at? Oh, at the bowling alley. Right, yeah. the bowling alley. What was going on there? Who's she hanging out with there? What kind of interactions did she have with people there? You know, so that to piece it all together. It's also important to know that she is a very diabetic and she requires regular, constant insulation. I think just regular and constant. It, the way they worded it was it was very important. Insulin? Yes, that she needed regular insulin. Injections? Injections, yeah. So. That's usually like once a day or something, I think, maybe. The okay. way the art, I, the, the few articles I read about that mentioned it, it, the way they worded it made it sound like it was more than just once a day. I think it's whenever your sugar drops or whatever. I think you and have what's to she sometimes. What's drinking for? That's not, you're not supposed to drink like that. I think that can mess you up. Yeah, I have no idea. I think that can mess you up bad. That's what I was thinking too. But so it now, it's very important that we find her because she... Mm-hmm. Ne- could potentially need she could medical. Die. Yeah, she could die. She could potentially need medical. So it's a missing person. That's what they're they're on a quest to find her. Okay. Yep. Essentially, it's really going nowhere. 
Uh, they've she corroborated. Has no car, nothing. Okay. No, because remember he was going to give her a ride. They all sh- went together. They were all friends, mm-hmm. hanging out, meeting up at the bowling alley, and then this guy that they had been with all night was going to give her a ride. Okay. All right. So now we're going to fast forward to three months later. Ja- so March eighteenth, nineteen eighty-eight, Janet's body is found in the Sebastocook River in Pittsfield. She is nude, and her body has started to decompose. Right away, they notice that she is not wearing any clothes. And they also cannot find any clothes in the immediate area. Oh, man. This is terrible. Waterville is right off the 995. Mm-hmm. But what's even more direct on and off I-95 is Pittsfield. doesn't look like it's a big uh, a big town. There's like an airport there. Yeah. You know. That was the airport I saw when I was trying to look up the map. Yeah. I, don't know, I guess it's pretty big. So, so yeah, it's right off of I-95. You know how I feel about those. We had another case. You know, it's right. It, it could be a transient. That just stopped by the bar, you know? Yep. Okay. That Her- never comes up as a question, though, or as, like, it's that's never mentioned that maybe that went through their minds. Uh, a medical examiner was not able to determine the cause of death. They believe she had been in the water the entire three months, starting from the night of December 23rd, and nothing else has ever been released. So they believe that whatever happened to her happened that she's been in the water like that since that night. What was the condition of the body? Like anything else? Clothes off? Yeah, it was she. her body was already starting to decompose. Mm-hmm. There was no clothes in the area. But they mentioned that after three months, the clothes... And in, uh, again, this is December 23rd in Maine. Right. So it's a little cold. So a little... It's Snow, slow, maybe? It might slow the process a little bit. Well, they say that her clothes would have started to decompose anyway. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you got to think animals, yeah. transients coming through, seeing clothes or something. You know what I mean? Like... There's no clothes in the end. There's no way, they, no cause of death? There's no way? Not that's ever been released. I will get to that at the end of okay. this. You're skipping ahead again. Well, as I, of, I'm doing the investigation, right? So I, right. I got the body. I want to know what's going on with the body. So as of right now, the law enforcement has not released okay. anything. Oh, as of like right now today, real now today? Yes. Oh. They are not releasing any cause oh, of I'm death excited. if they Let's have any. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they find the body. It's just north. They start to work on theories, right? That's kind of what you would, maybe she mm-hmm. jumped, right? So they have this story that he refuses her a ride and now she has to walk home in the co- cold, in the snow potentially. Mm-hmm. Did she get confused? She had been drinking. Was she pushed? Did she jump? Was it an accident? Did she fall? So these are all the theories, right? Is that kind of where you would go next? Is coming up with maybe how? Yeah. Um, and then working backwards. But the, the thing is here, I'm going to tell you how... It's 22 miles, right? So roughly 20 miles is where her body found. So it's not likely she she walked there, okay? It's um, more likely How she was How do you know hitched. from T. Woody's? T. Woody's isn't, doesn't show up on the map. Because that's did, what I was trying to look. I just did Waterville. I just did Waterville to Pittsburgh. Yeah, but that might be like... T. Woody's might be on like the border that's closer. Because when I was reading, it sounded like it was all super close to each other. Okay, 15 miles then, Hannah. I'm just saying, yeah, that's, that's you, know what I mean? you like can't just say Waterville. And, and there's no... Because you, you, like where you live, for example, you don't you technically live in one place, but you live on the border, so technically you're in the other place. There is a back road, one back road only, mm-hmm. right, from Fairfield. It, there is a back road. A pri- this would be, and this is right on the, oh, right on the Sebastocook River. Oh, so there's two rivers. Specifically, she was in one of the ponds okay, so that's in the river. 
so the Kennebec River goes right through Waterville, and then offshoot of that is the Sebastocock, and that's right along Route 100. So that's probably where what happened. And then the big pond is, yeah, it's up. I, I got to see how big this river is because she could have, I thought she floated, but okay. So now I know what happened. This is what probably happened. Yeah, there was some. She was either hitchhiking or got a ride. You know, duh, that's the same thing, right? You know, mm-hmm. probably hitchhiking, got a ride. Someone picked her up. They went up 100, which is a small road on the eastern side of 95, and it parallels that river. And then right before you get to Pittsfield, there's a big a big pond area that that river goes into. Does it say the name of the pond? No, it's Sebastocock River. It's just a big a big part of it. Because so. I had the name of the pond, but it was it was only ever mentioned in one article, so I didn't want to put it in because all the other articles said Sebastocock River. Mill so Pond? No. So I just didn't put it in because I was like, I don't know how accurate that is. I'll Douglas Pond? Yes. Yes. That's the one where she was found. Okay. Then that's that's like right off I-95. Yeah. So e- either way. It's ah. not good in your mind. Well, yeah. It's more likely than if it was at if it was in Douglas Pond, that's it's more likely that, oh, maybe not because that road 100. Either way, that's about 15, 20 miles away. So, Okay. So she she got picked up somehow. There's no way she walked all that. There's no I, way. I don't think it's that many miles. Okay. We'll do this. I'm going to put the pond right where she's at, where she was found. Directions. Waterville, Maine. But you can't just say Waterville, but you have to have the specific location of the the bar. That was my thing, and I couldn't find that because the bar is no longer existing. Right, but it's down. Th- this is downtown. What's the likelihood of it? Of it? Okay, listen. Being too far away. I listened to another podcast, and she has—I don't know—she has a source that is close to this case, and she was saying that they're all very close, that, that the locations were all very close to each other. Uh, the podcast I was listening to is called Dark Down East. She covers specifically just New England cases. I did it on the outskirts of Fairfield, uh-huh. seven uh, seventeen miles. So, like I said, Hannah, it's it's not it's fifteen miles as a minimum. Cl- okay, and that's close in the grand scheme of things in Maine. So, T. Woody's restaurant and bar in the Waterville Concourse. I'm reading this from her website. Mm-hmm. This was her description. Was located at 80 Concourse West at the time. Now it's Pagoda Express. Look for Pagoda Express. That's where it's mm-hmm. located. See, I knew I was mm-hmm. going to find it. It's right downtown. That's right downtown. So watch. watch. So how many miles? <laughs> now it's 24 miles. <laughs> Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. So okay. tw- 20 miles. So I thought it was much closer. That's why the investigator goes to the oh, map. Okay. You got to know I were went they to the hitchhiking, map and I were they find were it. they walking, were they a jogger, did they jog? Do you see what I'm saying? It's this not is likely. Why you're the expert. It's not likely at midnight she was walk she walked all the way up there. And I don't know why it looks they like that it looks like that river is not the type of river where she could fall in and then drift all the way up there. I don't yeah. I don't think that's the case. And what in the in her podcast what she was saying is that the direction that she was found, the water was flowing the other way. Yeah. So it wasn't it, it yeah. she couldn't have that's been a good point. they yeah. thought that too in their theory. Yeah, there's no it gets skinny. I know rivers I, I'm a fisherman, you know, so this river, <laughs> this river doesn't He's look an like, expert in many things, guys. This river is not that type. Somebody picked her up and got her there. Okay. Now, now that we've debated that yeah. for 30 Ooh, minutes. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay. All right. Now, it's going to lead into the next thing. So, this case is going to go cold. There's really no leads. Mm-hmm. There's no evidence. They don't have any clothes, no DNA, nothing. Goes cold. 
Skipping ahead a few months to August 9th, 1988, Geraldine Ann Finn, who was also from Waterville, had been out at Pete and Larry's bar on Upper Main Street. So look how close that is then, because I think those are the two close ones. That's a close bar. I don't know if it still exists because when I Googled it on the map, I couldn't find it. Apparently, I'm just bad at looking at maps, though. Well, there's a few. There's one in Portland. It's on Upper Main Street in what in that same area. It's apparent. What I was reading in all of the articles said that they were close to each other. Like I think three miles or something are pretty close to each other. What did I say? Pagoda Express is where T. Woody's bar would have been. Yeah, I'm not getting that, but I, I think it's on Upper Main. It's on Main Street. It sounds like a downtown. So that's what's close by. Yes. Okay. What What's going on now again with so, this? So this is. Geraldine Ann Finn, she is out on August 9th, 1988, just a few months later after Janet's body is found. And she's out with her co-workers. Her co-workers recall a man being about 5'10", around 150 pounds, with brown hair and brown eyes and a tattoo of a diamond on his shoulder, calling out to the group as they arrive to the bar. So they go up to him to see what he wanted, to see what he was saying. He's sitting in a blue truck. And he's completely naked, just chilling in his blue truck. So they all immediately just walk away and leave and go into the bar. And about 20 minutes later, the same man who was just naked in his truck 20 minutes prior now has clothes on, walks into the bar, and somehow ends up spending the night with Geraldine and her coworkers. <laughs> the face, if you guys can see the look, he Did just they looked know? at me. Did they know that was the same guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it read. That's how the story so he's was told. He's a charmer, told. I guess. Yeah, no idea. Then D- later, just FYI, he committed a crime by yeah. flashing them, <laughs> standing there naked outside. He is sitting in his truck. It, but yeah, I know it's a crime. I, I know. I'm all right. Details. So later, as they're all leaving the bar, Geraldine is seen in his truck, telling her coworkers that he is going to take her home, and this is the last time she is seen. The next day on August 10th, she's reported missing. Starting to sound a little similar, familiar. So this is the second case? Second missing person? Yeah. I'm not, we're, this, we're not, I'm briefly talking about her. She okay, is, okay. Yeah, it's going to lead into so, what's going on. So there's another, so now the cops have an, another missing person from the last scene, the same bar. Different bar. This is Pete uh, Larry's, well, right, but like super, yeah, in the yeah, same area, yeah, in the same, same downtown. So we have... Imagine if you were bar hopping, it's in the same group. Yeah, so group. how quick did the police get to like a serial type situation, you know? Like like a, a this is a problem. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't... I, a serial I, rapist or whatever, or killer. I didn't read anything on like what they were thinking or their theories because as I said, mm-hmm. there's not really... They're not releasing a lot right now, currently. I'll get okay. to that later. I couldn't really find anything on like their theories or any like evidence or anything. But still, as of right now, all we but know. But in that case, they have more information. They know who was yes, with Yes, they her. have a description. They yeah, have a description yeah. of him, right? Yeah. And as Someone I mentioned, to talk to, yeah. they have a tattoo. Of, he has a tattoo of a diamond on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. How fast do you think they're able to get to him? Uh, he's probably hanging. Fast. He's probably hanging out. I I skipped ahead. They aren't able to get to him. They they don't say that they talk to him or anything. Now. I think it's like what nine. Five days later, yeah, August fourteenth, a man named Michael Keys 
is walking his property. He owns a bunch of land off of Route 201 mm-hmm. in Skohegan. How did you, you pronounce Skohegan. it? Skohegan. Skohegan. <laughs> Skohegan. It looks like Skohegan because it's got the W. Yeah, Skohegan. That's how, how Mainers would say it. Skohegan. Mm. Skohegan. Uh, when he finds a body and immediately calls the police. So he's out walking his property and he comes across a body and the body was starting to decompose, but not quite as much as Janet's. And this does end up being Geraldine and Finn when the police get there. Now she's not completely unclothed, but she is kind of unclothed. Her clothes Mm -hmm. are like kind of a mess. And she does have, uh, I read her purse, like the or backpack purse strap was around her neck. So she was strangled with that. It is very similar circumstances is what it seems so far. Now, as I said, because her coworkers were able to give such a good description to law enforcement, they're able to literally arrest Gerald Goodall the very next day. Like, the next day. Yeah, this is somebody that knows the area. I mean, this is a triangle. He's from he's from what are, Waterville. That's where we're at, yeah, right? Waterville. Right. He's from there, yeah. And he knows the area because he, he dumped one allegedly in Pittsfield and he dumped one in Skohegan. It's like a big triangle. All right, so what happens? They arrested him for what? Well. Suspicion? He Yeah, so he they arrest him for this murder. He is held on bail and will eventually be convicted for her mur- for Geraldine's murder and sentenced to 75 years. And he is held at the Maine State Prison. He opted out of a jury of his peers. So I think, what did they call it? A bench trial yeah. or bench jury is what it says. So just it was just the judge. Judge, yeah, yeah. Now, there was a lot of speculation that he had murdered Janet Brochu also just because of how similar both cases were and the close proximity. Also, though, there is a weird coincidence between Geraldine and Janet. They both worked in the medical field, healthcare. Geraldine was a certified nursing assistant at the Woodlawn Nursing Home in Skohegan, and Janet was a dietary assistant in Waterville at a main general medical center. So there's a lot of speculation. Uh, also, there was some sources that said he, G- Gerald, had been talking and had mentioned that he had actually seen Janet at T. Woody's the night that she disappeared. But as far as, like, it seems for the next 30 years, it kind of seems like law enforcement maybe don't believe that he had something to do with it because he's never arrested. He's never, you know. Did they talk to him about it at all? I'm assuming so. Mm-hmm. Now, here's why we don't know any information. <laughs> why the he police died? are tight lips. No, he in May of this year was arrested in prison and charged with Janet Brochu's murder. There apparently is new evidence that has have come out. Oh. Yeah. So that's why I was. But they're being super tight lipped on all of this information and their investigation. Okay. They're so not releasing I- anything. So we really have no information on what the evidence is, if and when they spoke to him. I like I know they spoke to him. I think after Janet went or after. Geraldine went missing. Mm-hmm. because he had been there that night and he was like quickly interviewed, but he was never like na- officially named a suspect or person of interest. So somebody picked so. up the cold case and started running with it, right? Right. They and had to talk with him or develop new evidence. So I have a quote. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling it might be genetic genealogy. Really? Colonel John Cody of the Maine State Police 
does mention, in quotation marks, skilled scientists among ver- many other people for being involved with finally solving Janet's murder yeah. and bringing justice to it. Skilled scientists, quotation okay, marks. Okay, you know so what I mean? back to the body, Janet's body. What did they collect? Remember I asked that? Did they... They must have they're collected, not, yeah. They're not telling us they if must they have collected, collected anything. They must have collected DNA. So we don't know if she was sexually assaulted. Yeah. Because that they would had help. To have been, that would they help. Had to, they had yeah. to have taken some kind of DNA mm-hmm. from her yeah. body. because. But they're not, they literally are not saying any of that. Even from 1987, when it originally happened, uh, they have, have to not. follow this again. Yeah. Huh? So the interesting part is that November 19th of 2020 is when they were ready with the indictment to bring to the grand jury yeah because of covid and how backed up our court system is right now they were not able to bring it in front of a grand jury until may of this year so what seven months just to remind everybody the grand jury that means that they found the enough evidence to indict him they brought it specifically said they brought forward all of the new evidence that has been mm. realized. I have a feeling it's genetic genealogy. I have yeah, a strong feeling. Yeah, this is too bad. You could did you reach out, out did you reach out to the police department? Which police department no. is investigating? He's the main state's Oh, state state troopers, yeah, main yeah, state. I believe so. He's being held in the main state prison. Again, it it wasn't it was they're so Oh wait, the main state police. Yeah, that's who Remember I just said Colonel John Cody yeah. of the main state police. Yeah. He was arrested in prison. I don't mm. understand how they do that. He's already they just got, tell you, they, they just, still cuff you. Yeah, no, they book, book you again. That's um, all. Yeah, you have to go through. his uh, arraignment was delayed also because his lawyer wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So they're going through all of that, and they didn't want to. Yeah, enter I into think a plea. the likelihood of him doing it now. What we don't know, the condition of the bodies. They were they were similar. Yeah. But one was found faster than the other, right? Yeah. Geraldine yeah. was found faster. So she her body hadn't decomposed but as he, badly, but Janet's body had already started to decompose. He also tried to leverage against the police when he was originally uh and I believe I got this information from it was in some news articles, but I um in the podcast I was listening to, she mentioned this that he was trying to hold over this information over the police when he was arrested for Geraldine's murder. He was saying, well, I know who killed Janet Brochure, but he wouldn't give up that information. That's silly. So, yeah. so it's, it's I think definitely, they, he's definitely a good lead, a great lead to follow up on. And think about it. I think you're right. For years, they couldn't do anything. And then all of a sudden, the cold case team has it. And they yeah. say, hey, let's go open the evidence. Oh, hey, did you know we have evidence, DNA evidence? And it's under skilled scientists. Well, but hold hold on a second, though. They would need genealogy here. Because if they collected DNA, he's already in prison. He's already he in could, prison. Yeah, that's true. They, they would have the DNA. That's true. I don't know. Then I I don't I don't know why they would say they, it like that. They also, pieced him to 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 her body somehow. Right. They also, they connected him to her body somehow. If it was genetic genealogy, all, all the other cases, even though he hasn't gone to trial yet, how many other cases have we talked about? that they're still awaiting trial, but the news is reporting that it was solved with genetic genealogy, you know? Mm. So, yeah, that doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't know why they're no, being so... Because what they would have to do is connect his him to her body up there and... Um, they must have just had his DNA on her somewhere. I mean, because he, he, it's probably no secret that he's been in and out of that bar, right? But they had to connect her, him to her body somehow. Through evidence, through Why forensic evidence. Why would it evidence. have taken until 2021, though, if it was just normal DNA? 
why wouldn't have that come out in like 2016? Yeah. 2010. So you know what been, I mean? Could have been fingerprints maybe. I don't know. So I'm very interested to know. Yeah. I wonder if maybe their case isn't as strong and that's why they're not releasing any information. I don't know. That's good. Do you Man, you left us hanging. I know. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I, I was just, it, it was an interesting read to me and mm-hmm. I wanted, I was yeah. interested to talk to you about it. And also it's, New England. All right. So when is he going to be? When is he going to court and all that? No set date right now. It was delayed because everything's delayed because of COVID. And then mm-hmm. his lawyer wasn't present, so they didn't want him to enter into a plea without his lawyer. Hmm. It'll be one to keep watching for. It'll be an interesting one. I want to know what evidence comes came out. I want to know. Yeah. All right. You got me all jazzed up. I'm I think sorry. It's, I think it's him for sure. Well, we know it's him, but yeah. But he's still alive in jail, right? Yes. However, so the other interesting thing. Let me actually pull it up real quick. So I said he got 75 years. Now, he is going to be eligible. He has to, he has to have served like a minimum of 30 or 34 years before he's eligible for good time release or like mm-hmm. good time credit or something. Mm-hmm. They don't specifically say parole, but... As long as he like qualifies for good time and everything, which he does, he the earliest he could get out is January of twenty thirty four. Oh. And I did the math. He he's sixty two right now. He would be seventy five when he got out if he gets out. Now that's assuming that's just with the with his current charge. That's not with any other time that is going to be tacked on to for Janet's. Oh, murder. you mean that's for the first murder he was convicted yeah. of? Because remember he he just he just got arrested and convicted he or not convicted charged he hasn't gone to trial for janet's murder yeah. yet he was convicted in 1988 of geraldine's yeah, murder okay. of geraldine and finn's murder and how many so, years did he get again 75 and how old was he when he got arrested it didn't say but he's currently 62 yeah he's not gonna get out he's eligible to be oh, released pro- pro- because of good time based oh, on good time okay. it's one of those in 2034 gotcha, yeah gotcha, 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 it says gotcha. earliest right. custody release date is the release date calculated with detention time credit and with okay all possible it's, it's good one of those time. program things yeah for murderer imagine imagine that yep. imagine that hannah thank god we don't have the death penalty listen <laughs> I was literally just talking actually about prison reform and that Mm -hmm. topic with Brian Mm -hmm. last night Mm -hmm. because there is someone that I follow on TikTok and I really wanted to reach out to her because she has a whole story with someone she's friends with. Mm -hmm. If you, if everyone probably knows who I'm talking about, but I wanted to talk about that with you, but I didn't know how political that would turn and you and I, but I think, I think it would be a good conversation Mm -hmm. maybe. But we, him and I, were talking about the prison uh, reform and stuff. But no. I still am against the death penalty, so you're not going to change my mind. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I just, Thank you. I'm just saying, you know, why can't he be in there for life? That goes into prison reform and changing the system yeah. and working with the laws. Mm-hmm. And that's a state by state basis. That's right. It is. Yeah. So that's a good point. for everyone in Maine, <laughs> go bug your what is it? Senators, mayors, governors, whoever it is, yeah. go propose different laws. Mm-hmm. That's just what you have to do. Unfortunately. But that plays into the prison reform. Uh, we will all have right. to keep up with yep. what happens with his trial. His it's all a humdinger of, of a suspense for everybody now. Yeah, because I really want to know uh, what the evidence is that came out. I really want to know. So I will definitely be keeping tabs on this and we will be giving you guys an update. All right. Pretty cool. Yep. So if you guys are enjoying listening every week, please. 
follow us on all of the things at Instagram where True Crime Archives Podcast. Twitter is TC Archives Pod. Go ahead and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are on all of the platforms. You can download our episodes there. You can leave us an Apple review and rate on Apple Podcasts. I think I said that weird. Mm-hmm. But uh, we super appreciate those. And those five stars and reviews just helps us get out to more people yeah, and let's, be heard. Let's try to beat out some of these other podcasts. They, they, they love posting their their um, reviews. So give us something really cool and we'll post it. Yeah, we'll I want to start it. posting all yeah. of our reviews and our rates. So okay. definitely do that. And we love reading them. And we will talk to you guys next week. I think that's, I've said just about everything, right? Yep. Bye. Later. Bye.